Welcome to the Wounded Under Shepherds podcast, a podcast dedicated to God's men and their families who have experienced deep trauma. It is out of my own woundedness and pain that God put upon my heart to start this podcast, not for the sake of garnering pity or castigating the church for whom Christ died, but to let you know that you are not alone if you find yourself deeply wounded and struggling. Hi, this is Dr. Bill Scott, your host. I'm thankful that you have uh, joined and listening to this particular podcast. If you're listening for the first time, may I encourage you uh, to go back and listen to the initial podcasts. Being wounded in pastoral ministry is an inescapable reality, in my opinion, and I think many others. The woundedness of which I speak is one that can shatter your heart and soul, touch you to the very core of your being. Henry Nouwen, in his book, The Wounded Healer, he makes the following observation that I want to share with you. Nobody escapes being wounded. We are all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. The main question is not, how can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed, but how can we put our woundedness in the service of others? When our wounds cease to be a source of shame and become a source of healing, we have become wounded healers, end quote. If you have ever experienced deep trauma, such as being forced terminated, involuntarily terminated, your physical being threatened, or that of your families, or perhaps uh, your reputation uh, being sullied at the hands of those who just don't have the courage to simply come and say, you know, Pastor, we think it's time for you to move on. Uh, But rather, these kind of folks can plot and scheme uh, to get rid of you uh, as their pastor through unscrupulous ways. If you've never experienced any of this, praise the Lord, and I I say that sincerely. You are a blessed man, but I can assure you that if you stay in the pastoral ministry for many years, you're going to have your own uh, personal bumps and bruises, and hopefully uh, you won't ever know the pain of being forced terminated or uh, false allegations uh, lodged against you just to get rid of you or what have you. But unfortunately, uh, it appears that uh, this is becoming the the norm instead of the exception. Uh, For those who've been threatened or or bullied, those who have known mistreatment to the point of feeling you have no choice but to resign as as a pastor of the church you're serving, then you can relate to this issue of shame that Nowen spoke of. Sadly, there are thousands of pastors who find themselves in this situation. Sadly, it is the group that courts you and encourages you to come and service their pastor that in many cases, not all, but 
in my personal experience over the years of 30 plus years in the pastoral ministry, in every church I've served in, with the exception of one, uh, it was always the same group who then rallied to get rid of you when things uh, weren't to their liking. Now again, I'm talking to the pastor who is faithful to preach the Word of God and to serve the people of God. I'm not talking about those pastors who have willfully engaged in things that legitimately disqualify them uh, from the pastoral ministry, albeit even if you have fallen and you are no longer biblically qualified to be a pastor, ill treatment is never justified. So let me throw that little caveat in there. But I'm specifically talking to the man of God who has a call of God on his life, who's been faithful to teach and preach the Word of God and to serve the people of God, and you find yourself uh, having skids put underneath you. Uh, you cannot encounter that experience without it having some devastating effects upon your emotional and spiritual well-being. I know of one pastor years ago uh, who literally had a rattlesnake put in his vehicle in hopes that he would be bitten and die. I wish I could sit here and say that uh, this is a fabricated story, but it isn't, unfortunately. The group that wanted rid of him so badly, they were literally willing to commit murder, albeit through a rattlesnake, to get rid of their pastor. Can you imagine how depraved and demonic that people's minds become that they are willing to stoop to such unscrupulous, ungodly methods to get rid of their pastor? And albeit that happens uh, more often than we want to admit. I can assure you that uh, the story that I, that I shared is a true story. Uh, I could name names and I could name locations, but I'm not going to because, again, my goal is not to shame anyone or to castigate anyone. Everyone's going to stand before the Lord one day. I'm talking to the pastor and his family who've been wounded and hurt, and you find yourself... Uh, scratching your head, uh, figuratively speaking, trying to figure out what just happened. And these are supposed to be the people of God, and I can't believe this is happening. Uh, and you find yourself just literally devastated. Um, thankfully, that particular pastor, God protected that man, and he did not get bitten, and he did not die, thank God. Uh, but he went on to another church, uh, and so this week, um, just this week, I, I heard of another uh, brother who, he and his family were so traumatized by the church they were serving in that, that they literally couldn't go back to church for two years. Now, before you become too quick to judge uh, such a brother, uh, unless you have been there yourself, uh, you and I have no idea of what uh, such devastation uh, can wreak upon your heart and mine. Myself, uh, I have been in that situation, uh, and uh, I uh, 
was left reeling and rocking, as is typical of any pastor who is has a servant's heart and who just doesn't understand why the mistreatment. So when a pastor and his family are, are viciously maltreated and uh, he's forced in a position to either outright to be forced out or be that uh, he has no choice because he realizes if he doesn't resign uh, that he's going to be voted out. So this results in deep emotional and spiritual trauma. These are supposed to be the people of God. These are supposed to be people who love God and love his people, and yet some who name the name of Jesus find uh, self-justification in participating in ungodly behavior. Again, the judgment is upon them. If you've never known such devastation, uh, of a forced termination or being involuntarily terminated or having your reputation threatened or sullied at the hands of unscrupulous people, uh, then there's no way that you can relate to or understand the depth of devastation that one can experience. Uh, now one referred to shame. And brother, I can speak from personal experience that when you encounter such mistreatment and you are put in a position of being um, having no choice but to resign or knowing that you're going to be terminated uh, if you refuse to resign, uh, it, it leaves one with a great sense of shame. Now, how, how so? I mean... Pastors who've invested in the congregation faithfully and who have been uh, faithfully in conducting the ministry uh, that God has called them to uh, develop a, a good standing often in the ministerial community and not just the ministerial community, but the community in general. Uh, and when something like this occurs, uh, it is very common for a pastor to feel shame. Uh, it, it's a very similar uh, principle. Just like uh, a child or a youth, someone who was violated uh, in their childhood or their youth, they often carry this lifelong sense of shame. Even though they did nothing, that warranted those feelings of shame because it occurred to them they still felt felt that shame or feel that shame. And uh, the same can be true for pastors, uh, especially if you have a, a, a great standing in the community. And even though you've done nothing amiss, you've done nothing amiss, there still is often that sense of, of shame that comes. Uh, and this can occur especially among ministerial associates. Uh, I have known more than once those people who you thought were your friends in the ministerial community, when they find out you have been terminated or you've resigned, uh, suddenly... Um, they're no longer there for you, and I wish I could say otherwise, but 
my experience at least, has been that more than once. And it's shameful, it's sad, but everyone sort of scatters in a way of speaking, except for a very few. Your true friends, if you have any true friends, they will stick with you through thick and thin. They will support you as you go through this time of devastation. But those fair-weather ministerial associates, they don't want to get their hands dirty, and they don't want to associate with someone who is damaged, if you'll forgive the term. Uh, and that has been my experience, at least. I believe now and is correct when he said, we are all wounded people. And we are. We're all broken people. In earlier podcast, I've touched uh, upon the danger of making an idol out of our woundedness. Yet it, it is important to own our pain and our grief, our disillusionment, our anger, etc. And uh, my heart truly goes out to all of God's under-shepherds and their families who have experienced deep trauma. I think of the pastor's wife uh, who's faithfully stood beside him and have heard little gossip groups in the church saying very unkind and ugly things about her pastor. In my particular life experience in the pastoral ministry, I've literally, on more than one occasion, in churches that I've served full-time in, uh, when things uh, weren't going so well and the little power group wanted rid of me, they would literally approach my wife and say some of the ugliest, hurtful things uh, to her face about me. Now, if you're married uh, and your wife uh, is going uh, to support you, if, if she's walking with the Lord as she should, she's going to support you. And so uh, folks in the church can just be so cruel at times. Uh, it's only as we are willing to face our trauma honestly that we can begin serving out of our woundedness. In my personal walk, I used to think, well, I, I need to get healthy. I need to get whole again. I, I need to completely heal before I can continue doing pastoral ministry. And to a degree, there is some truth in that, but not entirely. If we wait until we're completely healed, uh, I'm afraid we will never serve again because our woundedness can be so deep, just like the brother I referred to a little bit ago in this podcast about he and his family were so traumatized it, they were out of the church for two whole years. And even to this day, the scars that they bear makes them very skittish and very... Um, sensitive, hypersensitive perhaps, uh, would be the correct word, to people in the church. Um, so God knows our hearts. He knows our hurts. He knows where we are with all the confusion, with all the mixed feelings of anger and feelings of perhaps wanting revenge and hoping bad things happen to the people who perpetrated the wrong upon you, uh, and all of that. God knows exactly where you are, brother, and you are not alone. 
if you're questioning your call, and I've dealt with that in a previous podcast a few weeks back, I believe, uh, we, we just need to accept the reality that we are uniquely wired, and God knows the very hairs on our head. It's easy uh, to be hard on yourself. It is easy to preach about the grace of God available to others, yet you and I may find ourselves having great difficulty receiving God's grace for ourselves. As I've said in previous podcasts, if if you've been terminated or traumatized by church members, it's so important that you remember the shame doesn't belong to you. It belongs to them. And God will take care of them in His perfect and holy time. This podcast, it exists explicitly for the glory of God, to empathize with God's servants who've been wounded and maltreated, and to also encourage you. You're not going to hear uh, pat answers from me. I will encourage you to give your hurt and your pain to the Lord. I will encourage you to continue putting your hurt and your pain upon the Lord. I will encourage you, as I have addressed in previous podcasts, to pour your heart out before God. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 20. If you think you're feeling bad, and I'm not discounting how you may be feeling, please hear that. Listen to this poor brother. Yes, he was a prophet. He was not a pastor, but the principles are the same here. Listen to what Jeremiah, he got down so low. Listen to what he had to say in Jeremiah chapter 20, starting in verse 14. Cursed be the day in which I was born. That's with an exclamatory mark. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father, saying, A male child has been born to you, making him very glad. And let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew and did not relent. Let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noon because he did not kill me from the womb, that my mother might have been my grave, and her womb always enlarged with me. Why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow, that my days should be consumed with shame? Brother, have you ever been there? Have you ever been so low that you curse the day of your existence, of your birth. So this is one of God's choicest prophets, and he's talking like this. Do you think God's surprised if you and I feel the same sometimes? When we've been wronged, when we've been mistreated, when we have been wounded on purpose with malice? Uh, I think God fully understands. God didn't Uh, strike Jeremiah with a bolt of lightning and say, how dare you say those kind of things? How dare you not trust in me? How dare you? Here's what I'm going to do to you. God is faithful. God knows our hurts. God knows our hearts. God knows where you are. Yes, give your hurt and your pain to the Lord. Ball like a baby if it helps. Shake your fist at the heavens if that helps. But when you're done, 
relent and give it to God, trusting Him no matter what the circumstances are. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. God, you love us where we are. You never love our sin. You never approve of uh, of lack of faith. But Lord, at the same time, you understand our hurts, our hearts. I pray for that pastor. I pray for his family, Lord, who've been wounded. And Lord, those who are rocking and reeling and not even sure what direction to go from here. Lord, may you just hold them in your arms. Lord, may you surround them with friends or others. God, who will support them. And Lord, may they also understand that you are a God of grace. And Lord, they don't have to have instant answers. They just need to relax and pour their heart out to you. Comfort, Lord, as only you can. I pray in the strong name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. May God bless you, my brother. Send me an email uh, if you have a prayer request. Um, I would be honored to pray for you. Uh, You don't have to provide any specifics unless you just want to. Uh, And I will never share anything on my podcast uh, regarding anything that anyone sent to me. You can reach me at Son of Light. That's S-O-N, Son of Light, at Outlook.com. Until next time, may God richly bless you.